Blog Talk Radio. on the way. This is Jim Mitchell, and I, I want to kind of highlight the title of this series, Viatorian Voices. We we talk to people in the Viatorian community and learn about uh, their role, specifically their, their faith journey in many cases. But, you know, that, that word voices, uh, everyone has, has something to say and something to add, and we're going to start uh, uh, down a new path here with a couple of conversations uh, over the next few weeks with people in the Viatorian community, but, but get to know them and, and hear what they're voice is all about as they talk about interests uh, be, besides just the work they do. And we're going to kick it off with a great conversation today with Dan Masterton, who is not only a pre-associate in the Viatorian community, he is um, involved with the province. He's four years now as serving as the communications and vocation ministry, uh, involved in a number of things, and quite frankly serves as uh, what I would call the executive producer of this series and kind of guides us through uh, all the things we're going to do on the podcast. So, Dan, we're going to turn attention back to you today. I know you're maybe a little uncomfortable, but thanks, first of all, for agreeing to be a part of it. Thank you for that very kind introduction. It's very generous of you. Um, yeah, I, I'm fascinated about what we're going to talk about today. As I said, we're going to start a series where we learn just more about the people um, in the community, and we want to talk today about uh, your background in writing. You've, you've uh, always been interested. You've developed it into um, uh, a bit of a profession now. Um, but let's let's first of all talk about the Viatorians. Um, what was your first familiarity with with the order, and where and when did you become familiar with Viatorians? So I grew up in Arlington Heights, Illinois, just about five ten minutes away from the high school. Uh, I'm the middle of three sons, and all three of us went to St. Vider High School. And not only did we really enjoy our time at the school, but we kind of developed personal relationships with some of the Viatorian brothers and priests and associates. Um, and we've remained close over the years. So I'm a class of 2007 St. Vider grad, um, but I always stayed close to a few of the guys over the years. And then as the stars aligned in 2019, came back to work part-time at the Province Center. And um, talk a little bit about how any of those priests, brothers, uh, associates may have influenced you and particularly um, impacted your decision to ultimately pursue degrees in theology, which you did earning both BA and MA degrees. Yeah. One of my favorite teachers of all time is a Viatorian associate, uh, Barbara Durso. She was my senior ethics teacher, and we had a great connection. She taught me how to grapple with social issues and think critically about how to be a faithful Catholic. And so many priests and brothers, even someone like Father Van Wiel teaching honors chem, Brother John Eustace, one of my campus ministers. Um, but perhaps with writing especially, when I was a sophomore and junior, then brother and now father, Corey Brose, invited me to be a teen editor on his Gospel Reflections books. And so for several months, he would send rough drafts to me and a few other young people, and we would give feedback to help him hone his reflections and his writing to be of service to young people who are reading them to try to help them understand the Bible and the Gospels. So I guess you could give Corey a little bit of credit there for sowing some of the seeds even way back when I was a teenager. Well, I know at St. Vider High School, you were, you were, I'm sure, 
challenged in, in your English and literature classes. Uh, I know I was uh, in an earlier generation. Um, was was writing something you were interested in at that point? Was it was it a hobby? Was it a skill? Or did it just uh, maybe, you know, kind of come your way through Father Corey or other opportunities? Yeah, I always enjoyed um, writing papers and doing uh, kind of written projects more than the artistic stuff. I definitely would have leaned on my classmates and group partners more in those instances. Um, and I think that the AP level stuff, especially AP comp, um, kind of pointed me toward thinking about writing more carefully and trying to use it to craft arguments and think critically and then kind of pivot it into being a place where you can do reflections. I remember writing a paper about saints that were personally assigned to us by our uh, junior year theology teachers um, and kind of writing becoming a place where, especially on retreats and reflections and preparing a witness talk as a student leader, your writing became a way that you could express what you were feeling and thinking and what was in your heart and not just a way to demonstrate like an intellectual capacity. Um, and I think St. Vider High School is a place where that happens for a lot of young people. As we kind of turn the clock forward and look at a little bit more recent years for you now, you've uh, um, become a published writer. You were a, a blogger. You've uh, had, had uh, writing in, in places like CrowdoNetwork.com and the National Catholic Educational Association at NCEA um, in terms of some, I, I guess, professional writing. But you know, blogging is is a great opportunity um, for any young writer. It's a great way to just get out there and and kind of hone the skill a little bit. Talk to us about how you discovered that and what those first experiences were like. Yeah, in college at the University of Notre Dame, I was in an Emmaus faith sharing group, and every week we would read the readings for the upcoming Sunday mass and reflect on them just in a group discussion. I know it's pretty casual and informal, but after a few gatherings. My friend Michelle just said, you got to write some of this stuff down. I really like the things you're saying. And for some whatever reason, that kind of struck a chord in my heart, and I started posting my reflections on a blog back in 2009. And, you know, it's had some periods of higher frequency and lower frequency, but it's something I've never been able to put down that I've always enjoyed ever since. So that was kind of how it got started, and it's just been a steady thing. And so I think particularly for young people who think about writing and think it's something they want to do, Regularity is so important. So many people start something and don't keep it going, but it's that steadiness and that continuous uh, effort and commitment to show up that I think hones the skill and teaches you how to express yourself really well. And then, you know, other things kind of fall in place from there. So I think that even something like an Instagram account, you could almost think of as like microblogging, where if you're curating pictures or um, putting together a collection of images, what you add to it with your words becomes kind of like a microblog, almost like a small essay to express something or reflect on something, even if it's smaller and shorter. Sometimes that's just as potent. So I've even gotten into Instagram a little bit kind of as a microblog, not necessarily the same way that some other people would use it, but kind of finding my own way to do it on my terms too. Hey, we're, we're talking with Dan Masterton today. Dan is a pre-associate in the Viatorian community. He is uh involved at the Providence Center with uh, vocations and communications. He is, uh, as we're hearing, uh, becoming a rather prolific writer. We're going to talk about some of his fiction work in a little bit here momentarily. Um, but, Dan, you know, you, you talked about doing some blogging and taking, you know, suggestion from a friend to start putting things out there. But when you do that, you then also expose yourself to feedback and to uh, from people you may or may not even know. What 
what was the risk factor like for you? Were you concerned about that, and did you actually hear back from people after you started posting things? There have definitely been times when um, people read things and they don't necessarily strike the core that you're hoping for. Um, but I would say that, especially for me, who's writing kind of from a Catholic faith point of view, mainly to other Catholics who are seeking that out, it's been mostly points of resonance, places where people read something and find that they're feeling something similar, they've gone through something similar, or they, they're gaining a way by reading your reflections of thinking about something they're facing on their own. Probably the most reach that I've ever found with something I wrote was this open letter that I sent to Cardinal Supich um, when I was working in an archdiocese of Chicago school and was able to take 12 weeks off when my daughter was. And I don't think I've ever gotten so much feedback from something I've written as I did then. And it was almost universally positive, emphatic, excited. And I even actually got a, a typed letter sent back to me in the mail from Cardinal Supich um, expressing his gratitude that I was able to use the leave and be home with my wife and daughter. So that was probably the like the pinnacle of um, feedback to me. Yeah, it's got to be very encouraging and and the type of thing that you know makes you want to go out and continue. But you, you've also transitioned, and with time we have left here, I want to talk a little bit about your fiction work. Um, you have been self-publishing some stories, "Go Your Way," stories from our lives of faith. Um, you and I chatted about it just a little bit, but you know, when and where did you make the decision to pursue fiction writing? So it started during COVID when we were home and kind of getting some cabin fever. I had heard friends talk about NaNoWriMo, National Novel Writing Month, and it's an online uh, free resource. They give you some writing aids and guides where if you have a story in your head that you think you can tell, that you can write out into a fuller length, the challenge is write 50,000 words in a 30-day month, November, um, and you can join online groups. There are local groups that meet at libraries, et cetera, to try to find some solidarity and support and to do it. So I took the plunge in 2020, and I had a lot of fun. And I put it down for a little bit, and I came back and edited it, and I was like, there's something good here. So I decided to do three rounds. I had a lot of fun with it. And what I got is these three stories that are, from a Catholic point of view, Catholic characters that are hopefully accessible, relatable, familiar, um, who are just trying to live lives of faith. And hopefully the relationships and the challenges in front of them are things that are you know, fairly accessible and resonant for an everyday Catholic who maybe enjoys reading fiction for fun and for leisure and relaxation, but wouldn't mind getting a little something out of it on the way. Now, I mentioned based on, uh, you know, the, the notes and, and what you have shared that you took the self-publishing route, which uh, having talked to some other people who have done that, it can be Quite a challenge. Um, where where did you research that and figure out how to best get your work out there through the self-publishing role? So one of my freelance writing editors took this route. So I basically just called him up on the phone and I asked him to talk me through it. And he pointed me to a really good path where if you do a little bit of graphic preparation and get things put together, you can create a platform where the books are printed on demand and you don't have to handle any overhead on your end. You can kind of just promote and share your work and see what happens. So you're not ordering, you know, dozens and dozens or hundreds of books and sitting on boxes in your garage warehouse. You can kind of just put your work out there and see who might bite. And it's been kind of fun to put together the layout and do a little bit of graphic work. Um, it kind of makes you a jack of all trades, even if you're a master of none. And Hopefully what you get is a decent little product that someone might enjoy and throw in their backpack for, a, you know, time in the doctor's office, weight room, or 
sitting in the terminal waiting for their flight, you get this kind of handy paperback that looks the part. And how does it feel when you find out that people are actually ordering? It's kind of a mind bender because you you put so much time into it, and almost all of that time is you sitting in a quiet, kind of empty place where you can focus and write and edit. And then to find out that it actually is going out into the world, into people's hands, you know, kind of coursing through their minds and hearts, and you hear feedback about, you know, the high school teacher in your story who finds a really tight resonance with your friend who's been working in Catholic schools for years and didn't realize some of the feelings and questions that were kind of lingering in their heart while they did their work um, until they met Teresa and walked a few chapters in her shoes. So I think that's what it's all about for me. And it's, you never know when that feedback will come or where it will come from, but when it does arrive, it's, it's very, very neat. Um, got about a minute or so left, and I was going to ask you what advice you might share with young writers, but I, I heard you say earlier just, you know, write frequently, you know, continue to do it. Don't don't take breaks from it. You know, if you're going to commit to it, you've got to be steady. Is that the main thing that they should be aware of? Yeah, I, I'm sad to say that I have a lot of friends who I think could be really great writers who maybe started blogs or, you know, opened social media pages where they intended to start sharing themselves in that way, and then they just couldn't hang with it. And I think it's it's almost like any other habit in life with diet or exercise or sleep. You have to set yourself a reasonable goal that you can hit. So if it's one time a month even or just one time a quarter, set a goal that you can hit and then try to hit it um, and see where that takes you because that regularity and that steady commitment to putting yourself out there I think is what helps you hone the skill and really um, find an authentic and steady voice to share. And, and what's next for you? What can we uh, anticipate um, in terms of any upcoming work? I'm going to keep with the blog. I'm going to take a break from fiction uh, and just try to get these three stories, you know, out there into the world and into more people's hands, see what I hear from them and kind of go from there. Um, but I'm hoping that uh, what I hear will continue to kind of feed the beast and help me continue to write things that find resonance with people in their hearts and whether that leads to more fiction or nonfiction, uh, I think time will tell. We'll see. Well, we're looking forward to it. And the main thing, Dan, I hope you just save a few minutes uh, to continue to help us produce this podcast because your guidance is what uh, makes uh, this series possible. So thank you for that. And uh, we'll look forward to hearing more about your success. Um, and remember always, the Viatorian community proclaims Jesus Christ and his gospel and raises communities where faith is lived, deepened, and celebrated through people like Dan. Founded by Venerable Louis Curves, Viatorians are professed brothers and priests and lay associates striving to do everything well so that through us Jesus may be adored and loved. On behalf of that Viatorian community, I'm Jim Mitchell. Thank you for joining us. St. Viator, pray for us.